Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast of Community Bible Church. Serving the Rogue Valley from Central Point, Oregon. We are a multi-generational family. Equipping believers to be adopted in, growing up, and reaching out through the gospel. Right now, really are shaky in ways that we see every day. Dear God, from the political arena to the, to the sickness that we have, to financial uncertainty, and dear God, seemingly in COVID, we have ways in which we're reminded that our things of confidence are shaken. Dear God, many of our church family have gone home to be with the Lord, and we've not been able to, to grieve and to, to celebrate their work in Jesus Christ. And Father, today... Mel Drews comes and, and he celebrates a God and Savior who's watching over him and comforting his soul as his mate, Marcin, has gone to be with the Lord before him. Father Don and Susan join us today and it's on the rock that they stand. Nothing else is satisfactory. Father Jerry Ross, Pam Harper, dear God, Matt and Mark, sons of Don and Janine Olson, dear God, all of them have one thing that is their solace and their strength, and that is the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. The only thing this planet has, unmovable, unchangeable. And so, dear God in heaven, on the rock of our salvation today, we sing praise to you. On the rock of our salvation, do we open God's Word and and find sustenance and joy therein? And Father in heaven, on the rock of our salvation, do we recognize we have the only one who can tell us and command us that He gives us the peace that passes all understanding. And we're thankful this morning that that one guards our heart and our minds in Christ Jesus. And to Him we give thanks to the Father. Amen. Family, you may be seated. This week I was struck with the, the privilege of, of reading a small story by a North Korean girl by the name of Yanmi. Yanmi Park specifically, was born in Korea and lived there for the first 13 years of her life. She escaped from North Korea by walking over a frozen river between North Korea and mainland China, only to be sold into sexual slavery, her mom and she both, as soon as they arrived. She met up with South Korean and American missionaries who were there in China, and that began a journey by which she first escaped um, by walking across the Gobi Desert. From walking across the Gobi Desert, she enters Mongolia, where missionaries were then able to fly her to South Korea and escape all and there be reunited with a sister who had escaped earlier, and then 
she was able then to finally make it to Chicago where she met and married a man and they now have a baby. And that's the first 26 years of her life. Not a bad journey so far. Now, family, her book uh, is in, in Christian publications, but I have found nothing that proclaims her as a Christ follower. But it's, it's really one line that she said that really drew my attention. And it says this. She says that she's thankful for being born in North Korea. And she says, if I, if I hadn't been born in, into that oppression and complete darkness, I don't think I would see the light here. And in, in her case, here is the United States. So, I believe sometimes you and I need to be reminded of the light that you and I know as being kingdom people in Christ Jesus. We can get caught up in this world and forget very quickly the impact of the gospel on our lives. Uh, we can get caught up uh, in, in all of the stuff of this world but we, and I, we need to be reminded today of the light of the gospel, of the rock of Christ Jesus. And family, the good news provides an eternal relationship with God the Father uh, through the unprecedented, unique, uh, selfless, humiliating act that Jesus Christ did when going to the to the cross, became our substitute, facing the wrath of God, paying our price for sins, and then offering us to know that privilege by nothing more than the free offer of grace. What a privilege. And I have to admit, I'm confessional this morning, I, I often forget what a privilege that is. Because ultimately, as an American, I really like it easy. I don't know about you, but man, I like it easy. I like to go to my golf courses. I like to go to my favorite restaurants. And you know, right now in life, we're kind of a little disheveled, aren't we? And yet at the same time, what's some of our chief and hardest sufferings? Wearing a mask in public. I tell everybody the hardest thing that ever happens in my life right now is when the batteries go out and my remote control. And I have to walk clear across the living room to change channels. I don't know what I do. And then, that, then the hope and pray that Kathy was wise enough to buy batteries so that I could change that remote control as quickly as possible and go back to my life of ease and luxury. So family, sometimes we just forget uh, the privilege of what it is to know Jesus Christ until it's a little more difficult. So I want you to, I want you to hear my confession today. I, I often do not pray for our nation to restore itself. Forgive me. I don't. I, I'll be honest to say, I actually pray that if we find men and women accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray for more chaos. Family, if COVID-19 
continues to unravel the fabric of America and allows people to see Jesus Christ with clarity. I pray for COVID-19 to continue. Now, I'll be fair with you. It's called COVID-19 for a reason. There'll be a COVID-20. All right? So hold your masks. Save them. Because something will come. But understand, I, I pray for that chaos. I pray for that. I pray that we have financial instability to continue in America where we don't know whether we've got a job next week. We, we don't know whether we're going to see up or down Dow Jones. We, we're going to wonder what's going to happen and how big our stimulus check's going to be. If it causes people to ask the questions that are eternally focused, I'm for them. And I have to tell you, that's a commitment of mine. See, some, sometime I'd encourage you, if you don't have anything in your devotions, take a, a strong hour, an hour and a half, and read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And focus on just the people who found healing and strength in Jesus Christ. All right? Find it. I, I, I challenge you. What an encouragement. Um, one of my favorites, as we, we think of, of healing that was cured, one of my favorites is the woman who had an, an issue of blood. She, she bled for for years. And here was her strategy. She knew the power of Jesus Christ so much by rumor. She said, if I can just sneak up and touch him, I'll be healed. All right? She's embarrassed. Who would want to tell a man as a woman that this is your problem? And so she sneaks up. She touches him. She's healed. And here's the cool part. Jesus looks around and says, who touched me? I could feel power leave me. And he could turn around and go, you did it, didn't you? Now, this already embarrassed woman now knows her, her secret's out. And Jesus says, hey, your faith has made you heal. She became a Christ follower then. Family, we, we've seen sexual sin forgiven. Please understand, John 4 is the, the woman at the well. And we, we know that story, but think through the behind the details. Fifth husband, five husbands, she's on a sixth relationship. Alright? She's there in the middle of the afternoon. She didn't go in the morning when she could share gossip with all of the other ladies. She's there when it's hot, when it's miserable and no one else is around because her embarrassment's that acute. And there she finds Jesus. And when she does, what happens? She runs into town. She doesn't care about her reputation. She says, oh, hey, come here. I want to introduce you about somebody who told me about all of my old problems. He's the Messiah. Whoa. Family, Think for a moment on a business level. 
You know, we look at Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and we go, oh, they were fishermen. Do you really think through for a moment to look behind the scenes? They were successful businessmen. They had a fishing business. And they threw all of their nets to the beach. Left it. Business in shambles. Dad's standing there. Servants are standing there. And the four key owners are walking away. Why? Because Jesus meant more than a successful business. Let me suggest to you, Matthew and Zacchaeus. What a gig. If I was an unscrupulous businessman, that's the one I want. You see, because I could legally charge a guy anything for their goods. Because as long as I made Roman tax, I could cut up whatever deal I wanted for whatever profit I could get. Legally. Matthew says, I give it up all because I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And in the end, I get used to write the Gospel of Matthew. Zacchaeus says, wow, I'm going to become an honest businessman. I'm not going to stiff anybody else for the rest of my life. I'll just do what I'm supposed to do. I'll be legal, honest, and ethical. And oh yeah, by the way, if I've, if I've done anything wrong, I'll pay it back four times value, and I'll give half my wealth that I already have away. Why? The impact of someone who comes under the control of Jesus Christ. So that's what we get a chance to, to see, is when we see the impact of someone who thoroughly understands what God offers. Conversely, everybody who comes to Jesus and they think that they have something to lose, reject Him. So when we come to the rich young ruler, we find someone who says, hey, I've done everything right. And Jesus says, man, you've done a lot good. You're really a good guy. I'm impressed. Just go give the rest of your stuff away and come and follow me. And when he looked down, he said, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I, I own a Bentley. Now forget that, I can't do it. And he walks away. Family, when, when the stuff means more than the cross, then the stuff becomes a hindrance to who we are in our maturity and our opportunity to see the power of the cross. So, what I want to do this morning is to set the stage, if you will, lay a foundation. We want to see how the gospel should impact us, how good news should impact you and me in everyday life. Oh, we're not going to spend time on everything. Let me tell you what I'm not going to talk to you about today. I'm not going to talk about that the gospel shows the love of Christ. You already know John 3.16, don't you? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're not going to talk about it. 
We're not going to talk about the mercy of God that we see in the cross. So that Titus 3.5 could say, He saved us. Not because of works, but by His mercy. So we're not going to look at that. They're deep enough that instead of laying a foundation, we'd have to do a series and talk for a while. But I just want to lay this before you as a way of thinking to remind you how important the cross is to us. And if you and I don't keep the, the cross and the work of Jesus Christ as the, very, as the very blinders to our eyes that allow us to focus on what's really important, we'll quickly fall into other areas. So if you will, allow me to express some of these other issues that express what the Gospels do to our lives. The first is, is that the Gospels changes our loyalty. Romans 1.14 says it this way, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to, Barian, um, and bar, and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. The idea of obligation is, is, is I'm under debt. I, I owe, all right? So follow along what the picture is painting this morning, all right? Jeff Runyon, in his, in his magnanimous nature, you don't know this, but he's fabulously wealthy. He comes up and he says, I want to give you 500 bucks, Pete. I know he's good for it, so he hands me $500. He says, oh, by the way, would you give John $500 also? I just, I'm not here, I've got to go quick. Give John 500 bucks. Well, I've got my 500 bucks. Now I look down and i got 500 more that i got to give to John. Here's the problem. I'm under debt to Jeff because he gave me my five. I'm under debt to John because he's got to receive the gift that Jeff gave. And until he responds to that gift, I'm stuck. I'm obligated. I'm debted to John. Well, I like his 500 bucks. He's not worthy of his 500 bucks. Have you met him? I'm going to hold on to his 500 bucks. But Paul paints it this way. I'm under debt to John. So that John has a chance to hear and respond the gospel of Jesus Christ. And something that is precious, it changes everything about sharing Christ. Matthew 28 says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a command of God. Now he lays the command into the idea of a debt that I, very, I owe the very person that I'm communicating the gospel to. He says, don't, don't forget it. And so Paul says, no matter who, and the very verses that he uses, or the very people just simply paints the broadest possible overview of the earth. We're under the obligation to share Christ. And your circle cards 
men and women who've been put into your life, who are close to you, valuable to you, your loving acquaintances. God says, I put them into a life for a reason. You're obligated to share Christ to them. Make sure they hear. So the gospel changes our loyalty completely. I want you to notice the gospel changes our family. So Philippians 1.5 says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Family, partnership is the word fellowship. Our ESV uses the word partnership. Other translations will use the word fellowship. And we minimize both words tremendously. The definition would be simply this. Partnership is sharing in the activities and the privileges of an intimate group. All right? So let me simply tell you, I'm invited to four family reunions on any given year. All right? Two from Kathy's side, two from my side. Those are it. Please understand, since none of the rest of you are relatives to those four, you ain't invited. You cannot share in the activity or the benefits of being part of that family. From time to time, I go to the slusher reunion. I go to the slusher reunion because that's the one that I'm most familiar with down through the years. And there was an old lady there, Aunt Emmy. I remember, and I use Aunt Emmy every time we can talk about it, because you who are young look to the olders and go, man, I, I, I don't need to know them. Yes, you do. It's very important, and here's why. They make good food. All right? When, when, we, have, when, when we have potlucks, understand, you who are under 50, you bring KFC chicken. Those who are older, they sway work all day long and they bring a three-course meal. Homemade. My Aunt Emmy made the chocolate pie. She brought two. One for the aunts and uncles, one for the kids. Very easy how you got that chocolate pie. Here's how. You had to kiss Aunt Emmy. And now the worst part is, is Aunt Emmy had to kiss you back. See, she had them red, waxy lips, that lipstick. It was on all day long. You were stuck with it, all right? But let me tell you what, that was the invitation to the pie. And all of a sudden, the partnership, all right? The activity. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Community Bible Church. Follow us on Facebook to keep up to date with all our latest content. Thank you.